Yes, people, we are live. Apologies. Weekly surgery episode episode two. But before we get into it, people, let's hit the intro. <laughs> Yes, people, and we are live back again for weekly surgery. Episode two. We've got my brothers on the stream, man. So, guys, apologies for being late. A bit of few technical issues, unfortunately, which can happen with YouTube live streams. But people, as I say, smash the like button if you haven't already and follow my esteemed guests on their Twitter handles on their display pictures. And, of course, get me on Instagram and Twitter, as you can see my on my page. But, people... um. Yeah, a lot to talk about. Um, a great victory against the people might call them the enemy, the noisy neighbors. Some people might even call them rivals, but that's a bit debatable to be honest with you. But um, I want to big up to the people who came on and watched them. Um, I was on Holly Agambar's channel, um, which I agreed to go on way before um, the North London Derby for this game. Um, so it was a beautiful stream, one of the best streams I've been on going on somebody else's channel. It just, it just, it was, it was, it was poetry in motion, people. But um, big up to Holly for taking it on the chin, Patrick and Spurs views. But um, you know, they say North London is red, will forever be red. But um, yeah, Kesh, welcome back again, brother. Um, missed you at the game, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, great to get you on again, brother. How you been, man? Been all right, man. Been all right over the moon with a victory, three points. You know, we move, move to the next game. Yeah, 100%, bruv. We'll touch on, um, there's a certain aspect I'm going to sort of bring up during our weekly surgery in Albert JTV practice. SC14. Not getting the rest of the postcode. But um, let me bring up, I'll get my boy. Skuna Souls is back again. Souls, we're going to get you down for the Watford game, brother. It's going to be awesome. But um, how you been keeping well? Brilliant, brilliant content. We see you on Just Your Channel and other shows. Keep doing your thing, bruv. How you been? Yeah, it's good. Good win. I think it's a needed win, um, despite it being a Northern derby. We needed a performance, we needed a victory, and we needed the result to, to kind of just come together as well. So 3-1, good performance. We move, Brighton next. We Let's make yeah, it four. Yeah, 100%. People in the chat ready. Big up my, my bro, Rome. My, I call him my little bro, man. Doing, <laughs> smashing up, doing his thing at football.london, man. Brilliant. Normski, big up to you. Shane, as usual. Anthony, big up to you as well. Um, and of course, last but not least, the prince of YouTube is decided to grace us with his presence. RJ, how you been, my bro? Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Tottenham back <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> What's going on, my brothers? Nah, it's good. <laughs> good. Nah, glad, glad to get. Yeah, I was, I was, I was looking forward to sort of speaking to you guys. Um, God, the game's almost a week ago in a, in a couple of days' time. It's mad how the week can go quickly. And big up, of course, I have to give a big up shout out to Keith, man. My guy, man. Um, so yeah, um, North London Derby, man. Um, a lot's been said, um, actually in a positive and a negative way, to be honest, people. Um, so I'm gonna kick off with Gunas Souls. Um, simple question, but we'll sort of 
we'll sort of divulge into it a little bit more. But um, what surprised you about Arsenal's victory, or maybe the way they played? In your in your opinion, I think the finishing surprised me the most, to be honest, because I think that performance was coming, but I just didn't expect us to be so clinical. Even when you look at Norwich, for example, we had 30 shots, seven on target, which is the main problem to why we're not scoring a lot of goals, is we're just not taking our opportunities when they come. We've, over the last three games, we've had, I think it was 94 shots created, which is the most since about 2017 or 20, 2016. So when you think about it, the pattern of play has improved. And I feel like now that we've got that sort of spine back and the core of these players are here, and obviously those so-called Arteta signings, are in this team. We're starting to see the performances come up. But I just didn't expect it. Because the thing is, even against Norwich, we could have absolutely blew them out of the water um, with the way we played. But we just got the one goal because we've just not been clinical over nearly two seasons now. And we're reliant on one goal scorer. I think the big question was whether ESR and Saka can add goals to their games. And we've seen it against Spurs. They could have had more than one goal each, to be honest. But And I think the other thing that surprises me is how two-footed this team is. We've always complained about how left-foot dependent a lot of this, these players are in terms of Saka, when we look at Pepe, when we look at Odegaard. Is this attack going to be too left-footed? Um, we've seen Saka assist on his right foot and score on his right foot, which just goes to show how much more he's adding to his game. And I think that performance just kind of... If I'm to tell anyone, like if because obviously I can say, look at the Norwich game and you'll see what Arteta's doing. If you look at the Burnley game, you'll see what Arteta's doing. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the Spurs game, you've seen both sides to his game. In the first half, you've seen what he's trying to do attackingly in terms of make us a free-fluid, free-flowing team, but then also the defensive aspect of the game. What what I'll say is, it seems like Arteta's taken things from Wenger, Moyes, and um, Pep Guardiola as well. In terms yeah. of the press, this come from Guardiola in terms of we press space, not man. And then when you look at the defensive structure, that's what Moyes is more known for. And then obviously the way that we play this free-fluid football is Wenger ball. And he's taken like the best of each each of the managers he's so-called being under, and he's now implementing that into the way that we play. When he has his 11, this is what we're going to see, and this is what excites me, and it finally came together. But the real question is, can... Because I've I've talked about their culture and mentality changing massively in terms of... No matter, even after the goal, our heads didn't drop. I know we're 3-1 up, so why does that really matter? When normally we'd start to see the team crumble a little bit and be like, shit, okay, like we really need to step it up. So I think I think it was the finishing and the mentality of this team to just keep going even after a few missed opportunities and the way that the season started to how it's going now. We've not really ever seen this from Arsenal. Usually the whole season would crumble under this. So I, I'm, I, I like it. I think there's still a few things he needs to tweak in terms of he should have made the substitutions early and we could have kept a clean sheet. But I like it. I like it so far. And I think we were ruthless for the first time, in my opinion. Yeah. That's the key word, ruthless. Um, us as Arsenal fans have been moaning about that for years in uh, many aspects. But yeah, Souls, big up to you, man. Uh, I'm going to come to Kesh, actually. Yeah, same question to you. Um, maybe nothing surprised you, to be honest, with the performance because it's a North London derby. Or is it a case of you were surprised what you saw? What, what did you make of the game? Obviously, he's at the game. Didn't get to see you, brother, which is a shame. But yeah, go on, go ahead. I wasn't surprised by the victory. I yeah. expected us to win. What surprised me the most was how fast we came out of the blocks. That's something we've not seen under Mikel Artel. That's something that's been missing. And you know what? If you can 
put a game away in the first 30 minutes, you'll always be in control of that game. That's something you see from the likes of um, City over the years, Liverpool over the years. Getting a goal early in the game puts the team on the back foot. And we put them on the back foot where they had to come out. And when they came out, we was breathtaking going forward. We split them apart. And it wasn't just predominantly down the left like what we've seen over the last season or so. You've seen a lot more balanced team going on attacking from both sides. And we're actually using our midfield players now to play through the lines as well. So there's a lot of improvement there. And as I said, like the finishing, we've been asking for players to just be clinical. Take your opportunities when they come. You know, they sense blood and they took it. They absolutely ate them up all day, all game. They couldn't live with us. And I know a lot of people, I've watched it, like, because you know, when you watch it, the game live, you see it, but you don't exactly get to go over it again. And yes, the Tottenham midfield was very disjointed. But at the end of the day, we've played teams that played like that last season. But we was that team. You know what I mean? And you've got to play what's in front of you. And you've got to make the most of it. And like I said, they've done exactly what we want them to do. And we move on to the next game. Yeah, so big up. Look at that. Eric, mute again. But yeah, Kesh, um, is your voice recovered from um, Sunday yet? Um, just about. Just about. <laughs> just about. But I was in bits when I went into work the next day, man. Flipping hell. <laughs> Bro, I was finished from all the alcohol, man. I was lean up. Nah, bro, there's a lot of people that 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 went to work um probably with probably less than four hours sleep the following day but you know what it is what it and is a massive hangover massive hangover <laughs> <laughs> we got to guess man um rj bring you in bro um yeah what what did you make of what, what was your sort of um immediate thoughts after the game and probably a few days after it well i thought for starters wow that yeah, the way to start that game was just everything we've been asking for to see something. Um, I was just, I don't know, I was more impressed with you know, Tony Adams said it um, on Sky Sports the structure, the back line, you know, yeah. how stable it was, you know, yeah. and we didn't crumble after first after they scored their goal in the second half. And to be honest. I was just impressed with everything. And, you know, a few days of settling, even now, I'm just like, did that really just happen? Like, Yeah, 100%. But going forward, this is the thing. He set the standard now. We know what this team are capable of. So it's just how we maintain this and looking into this Brighton game next, which is a very tough opponent. Yeah. How are we going to be able to deal with them? Good football so that's really inside. my immediate thoughts, you know. No, nah, big up, RJ. No, nah, no, nah, you're, you're you're right. Brighton's a very good football inside, actually. Grandpa has got them playing some good stuff, man. Um, and um, it's going to be tough. Uh, you know what? Even to be honest, our record at Brighton. I know we won. I know we. I know we beat them one 0 last season. Um, but our record actually at Brighton is horrendous. <laughs> um, whether that's you know whether that's been in the Premiership in the last few years or if you're looking at it from a history point of view, it's. it's it's, well, I think I was just about born when you know when we sort of beat them before last season, but so that told you how long ago that was. But um, 
Yeah, big up to you guys. Yeah, my thoughts quickly. So before we move on, because we're going to move on nicely to the next one, and that's what I'll ask you guys about. Um, is like Kesh kind of mentioned, I wasn't surprised at Arsenal won. It's the way they've done it. Um, because I'm sick and tired of the team not starting on the front foot. I'm tired of it. Poor 45 minutes, poor 20 minutes. And I said it when we played against Norwich that the issue we had was because we didn't score in the first 20, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. That you could see it with the fans getting twitchy and the players, you know, the confidence probably wasn't there. We hadn't scored a goal. It does set the tone and makes a big difference. Um, Erdegaard, for me, particularly that first 20, 25 minutes was, was different class. And what I liked was the fact that there was a couple of times I've seen him play. I've, I like to see him receive the ball. Yes, he's good at receiving the ball in the deep areas. I understand that. And he can get the ball on the half turn and progress it. But I just like to, and it's not even a major tactical sort of switch. It's just, just sort of move the pitch, move up the pitch another five, 10 yards. It makes mm-hmm. such a difference. And the thing that really, really impressive Arsenal, apart from the ruthless finishing, like Souls mentioned, was the fact that I was watching us particularly out of possession. Beautiful. Mm. Tottenham could not penetrate us whatsoever. Even with the midfield, you looked at it, there wasn't probably even a gap of probably three or four yards at, at best. It, it, mm-hmm. it was brilliant out of possession. And that's what I enjoyed seeing. There were times um, when you saw two players ganging up on the player. Yeah. Like, the communication was there. Like everyone, There was a structure. There was that cohesion. You know, the midfield, midfield, the midfield three wasn't too far away from each other. Yeah, Partey protected the back four. He was always there, ready to put a leg in. So listen, man, it was positive signs. Very positive signs. Yeah. Let me come back to you before I move on to the next bit. You, all you guys, um, I don't want to get your thoughts. Some, something I sort of mentioned um, about obviously being at the game. Um, I, I, you know what? I wasn't there for the four-two. Um, when Emery was there. So people in the chat, if he was there, or I don't know if you guys knew people that went there. But in terms of the times I've been at the Emirates, that's the best of atmosphere I've been to a game. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. The singing, I was in the same end as Lottie. Lottie's in the chat. We we stood up the whole game. That's the first time I've done that at the Emirates. First time I've ever done that at the Emirates. Never, didn't sit down once. That's Only the thing, a half time probably. Yeah, but... That's, that's the thing though. Like, I often feel like a lot of the fans don't try and create that atmosphere. Like, yeah, everyone was dang on it even before, even before kickoff. Like, oh, the concourse, like, yeah, they was bouncing. And for me, that's that's set the precedent now. Like, yeah. that is the standard that we need to keep it. We need to make when other teams come to the Emirates, it's very loud. It's a fortress. It's, it's intimidating. Yeah, we are the eleventh men. Yeah. We are yeah. the golf best, so yeah, we need yeah. to play our part as well. No, hundred percent, man. Um, it just yeah, it was the best for me. It was the best app I've been to at Emirates Stadium. I must admit, but yeah, the thing I wanted to sort of ask you guys was one thing that I really did like. Um, I mentioned I've been on a few shows, um, big up Hybrid Squad, and obviously big up Holly Channel as well. Even though you're a Tottenham fan, but you know what? It can't be helped. But um, <laughs> when it comes to RJ, first, um, one thing is. I mentioned aggression and I wasn't talking about being, you know, Norman Hunter or Chopper Harris back in the day, smashing people up in the air. If you just looked like things off the ball, Kesh would have seen it at the game, been at the game as well. The, the Ramsdale rallying the crowd, um, Erdegaard, Gabriel. There's, there was some great still images going on Twitter. The one with Ben White and Gabriel pumped. 
I thought, yes, that's my centre-backs. That's my back five. Aaron, pick up the mic, man. Aaron Rambo Ramsdale. That's what we should call him now. Did you see that save? Unbelievable. Oh, but yeah, RJ, sorry, bro. Yeah, bring it. That, so nah, that's what, that, I know it was a North bro. London derby. I, I understand that. But that, that's what I want to see, man. Like, I want to see the togetherness and then talk about the continuity. You know I've been banging on about the back five and the, the back four, whatever. But yeah, RJ, didn't bring him in, bro. I mean, it was nice to see. It yeah. felt like they cared. Yeah. You know, for years we've been questioning players on do they get it? And it's not even just about the North London derby, do they get it? It's just yeah. all over. Do they get it? what it means to represent the badge? You yes. know, we've questioned so much. And then we've seen all these players come in and it just feels <laughs> like. <laughs> so, sorry, RJ. Sorry. No, I love that. Well, that is brilliant. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. <laughs> Big but, up Norsky for that in the I'll chat. Keep it short. I'll go keep on, Roger, it short. For me, that just showed me like there's real love in this club right now. And, um, you know, like Kesh said, we need to be back in this 110% because let's face it, they went out, you know, not all of these new players, but some of them. The team missed us last season. They needed us as well. Yeah. So for us to push forward, as well as how they are gelling together and getting to know each other and the continuity of the, of the team, we need to be supporting them 110%. I know we're going to probably get angry and players are going to mess up, but right now we really need to be together. As they did say a few years ago, I think when Emery was here, all they want us to do together, Edu said that he just wants to see the first 11 playing together. We need that togetherness, and that's what has yeah. been fractured at this club for so long. So yeah. we just need to just be there, support them, and you know, even the the chest part with Ramsdale and Tommy Asu oh. that gassed me up. I can't lie. I, was it was that the one? Was that when Ramsdale yeah. made the save? And the hurricane, the yeah, hurricane saved the game. Oh. Yeah, so I'll come to you after. Yeah, that was important. Tommy, Tommy flipping Yasu. Did you see that's? Did you see our right back, bro? Did you see it? I had to tell them Tottenham guys was on the channel. Patrick Tyron. He made Son run away. Really? He made Son run away. <laughs> you know what? Um, it's not even... People going to say, oh, we're, we're going to come to next week. We're going to come to Souls quickly. But yeah, man, just like, what's your thoughts sort of to me talking about the aggression and the, the sort of what, what did you see it and did you sort of feel it sort of thing? Just, this, is, this is what I've been banging on about for, for the whole summer where... People are screaming about Gwendozi being loaned out again or potentially being sold. This is why, you know, this this is this is why I, I've been one of those fans that are trying to be patient with the so-called project, process, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Because this is what he wanted. This is like if you look at the players we're praising, he do you know who pushed for them? Arteta. Edu wanted the opposite of each of those signings. Edu said, I want Emerson to come in, Neto to come in. Well, he was like, nah, I want Tom Yasu, I want my Ramsdale. Yes, we paid over the odds for them, but look at what they bring. Even before they joined, they were so passionate about Arsenal. And that's all we've been missing. Now, I'm not saying all we want is passion merchants. I'm not, yeah, you know, yeah. you need the quality to back it. But, you know, I made a whole thread about, you know, Ramsdale. We, you know, I've spoken at length about what Ramsdale is going to offer to this team. I made a thread about what Tom Yasu is going to bring to the team. And, and I've spoken to Lens that we're no longer just buying players. We're buying mentalities. We're buying profiles. We're no longer sitting there and going, 
actually, I want to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. I want to sign Mbappe. I want to sign Neymar. No, because they don't fit. If they don't fit, they don't fit. And that's what Arteta's trying to build in this team. It's a culture. Like, if you look at every single one of his signings, like Odegaard praises the club. He says he loves the club. I love being here. This feels like home to me, etc. When you look at Tommy Yossi when he came in, he goes, if the, if the manager tells me to play strike, I'm playing strike. If he tells me to play midfield, I'm playing midfield. Wherever, whatever the manager tells me to do, I'm going to do it. Ramsdale was the same, like, you know, this is a dream for me. He bought his um, granddad's ashes or something like that, you know, yeah. to the, the contract signing. This meant the world to them. And that's all we've been missing. And that's why it's, it's you know what this creates? An, an atmosphere of responsibility. Like, you know, if let's say if Tom Yassi makes a mistake, Ben White's going to help him out. If yeah. Gabriel makes a mistake, someone's going to help him out. Ramsdale, no one's going to be like, oh, what are you doing? Why did you make a mistake like we've had for a long time? Mustafi, for example, used to do this all the time, blamed the other person. Xhaka yeah. this season hasn't done that so much, but Xhaka used to do it a lot as well. And we used to have so many players blame players for doing something rather than just being like, fuck it, you know what? I like, okay, I've cleaned it up. It's happened. Let's move. And you'll see it like, you know, Aubameyang's doing it as well, where if a player did make a mistake, arm around his shoulder and goes, come on, bro, like, let's go. And that's what we're doing now. We're creating what is called a winning culture, in my opinion. We've seen, like, for three games, we've seen his 11, and we're seeing the culture's changed, mentality's changed, like... Look at Burnley, for example. How resilient did we have to be to win that game against Norwich? How resilient? How much resilience did we need to show to win a game like that? Yes, they're one nils. Yes, they're poor sides. Then we come into this game, you know, we take it one nil. We don't just stop there. We go again. We go again, and we go again. The goal went in. No one got blamed for it. No one sat there, thrown there, you know, toys out the pram and gone. Why didn't we keep the clean sheet? They carried on. And that's what we. That's that's what I love to see. Is everyone's taking responsibility? Mm -hmm. But also, they're like, you know what? I'm not going to blame a player. Or like, like for example, when Ben White made that um, back pass and Ramsdale um, could have given away a penalty or something. Yeah. But he went to save his defender. He goes, you know what? I'm going to try. If, if the blame comes on me, it comes on me. And that's what we're now starting to do is responsibilities are now being taken. Taken. Yeah. yeah. Even, no. with the goal, we can, even with the goal, we can see this. Like, he said it himself. He said, that shouldn't even be a goal. I should have saved it. Yeah, he, was, he, looked, he, was, he looked vexed at winning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was Leno, Normsky, that. Sorry, two sex points. Sorry, Normsky, I'm seeing your question. I'm, I'm, the guys will probably <laughs> incorporate it within probably the next answer when I bring up the next topic. But um, no, listen, you see with Tommy Yasu, right? On the tour, and now let me talk, now I'll talk Ben White quickly, very quickly. <sighs> Man pocketed Kane, pocketed him. Yeah, England's number one captain. Put some respect on Ben White's name. In that game in isolation, Arsenal fans, get behind him. It's, it, he will come good. He will come good. I'll, I'll even go, and it's not like me to say I'll stick my neck on the line for some of these Arsenal players, but with him, I'm willing to go there. So you've heard me say it. You've heard me say it. So, um, yeah, sort of the next question. This is going to come in quite beautifully, actually. Not next question, but you can sort of add to it. But um, obviously... Six games have gone in the season. Arsenal won a bit of a confidence boost for picking up some wins. But as you know, with um, our fan base, um, sections of it, it can be split any time of the season, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. Arjun, I'm going to come back to you, mate. Um, I'll give you a bit of context before you sort of say what you want to say. Um, the best, that's the best way I can put this. So, 
you've got you've got people saying Arsenal fans are getting carried away. For example, that's one narrative I've heard over the last few days. They are it's only Tottenham. We always beat Tottenham. Um, we only got we only scraped past Norwich. We only scraped past Burnley. When we come out against someone better, RJ, what it is with me, right? Is I'm not saying I know everything about football or, or Arsenal because I don't, but if you can't enjoy a North London Derby Day win, then when can you enjoy a victory? Are are we are some of do you in your opinion, do you feel some of the Arsenal fans are getting too overboard in terms of you know, I've even heard certain people talk about, you know, a back four, a potential league title winning back four, back five. Let's that's where I kind of draw the line a little bit. I want them to be a great back four. If titles come with it, we're not going to complain as Arsenal fans. Are you mad? But let's just let's let's slightly change the narrative a tiny, tiny bit. But um, Arjun, let me bring you in. Sorry. Um, I can understand why a lot of us. Well, I'm not saying us personally. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Within the fan base, I can understand why some sections could be on the floor, on the ground, more like yeah. Okay, um, sensible. Let's just take this one game at a time because we've 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 been here before. Like we've yeah, we've 100%. been on a run, and you know, I remember last season we beat Man United, and we were, we were like, oh snap, we beat United, and then we lose to Villa to Villa at home. We got battered. But yeah, there's another yeah. part where it's like, yeah, okay, we always beat Tottenham, but it's the manner and how we yeah, beat Tottenham. Hundred percent. So I think. It's, and also, you have to add it to context as well. Look at the start of the season. We were absolutely getting battered all over the pitch to social media. People were even throwing Arsenal as a joke on TV programs and stuff. I mean, yeah. you were getting battered left, right and centre. You, right. you couldn't crack Everywhere. your house. Everywhere. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, what I will say in a whole, I don't think we should go on and start thinking, okay, you know, league title and top four. I mean, I heard Mercer talk about we got potential to get top four. Potential is the word. I'd lean yeah. on that word. Let's just yeah. see how it goes. That's just what we have to do. We have to take this game by game and just stay on, just steady the ship. But support the boys. Don't get carried away because you don't want to hurt yourself later on. I, I just don't be overly negative. I mean, if you want that, yeah, go to yeah. start the season all over again when we was at Brentford getting bullied. Go ahead. Because I'm yeah. living in the now and the present. I'm taking yeah, this one game. That's how I Yeah. RJ, well said. Big up to you, man. Big up to people in the chat who's been quite lively, man. Um, Like I said, smash that like button, people. Uh, I'm going to come to Kesh, actually. Yeah, same sort of question. What I mean, like I said, us guys are all on social media. We see it. Um, We see the fans going wherever board. In, in both in in both spectrums, um, where do you sit, Kesh, in terms of how you view the team and obviously what you see amongst the fan base, in particular because we've gone over the last few games, you know what, win, winning brings confidence. So you know it, it's all right to be happy sometimes. You know, Arsenal fans, it's all right, it's all right. You don't have to tweet all the time and be upset and have verbal spats. Just it's cool, but. Yeah, Kesh, what's your um, what's your sort of thoughts and feelings, man? For me, listen, this team, it's now got the stability that we've been missing for many years. Like, 
that freshness, that bit of young blood that's willing to be determined and fight for this badge. And we've seen it. I know it did, we didn't see much in the first three games, but we didn't exactly have the core of our starting eleven. Like context needs to be applied there. Yes, the Brentford game, you'd at least hope to get a draw. But I don't think I don't think a lot of the squad was up for it as a as a whole unit. But now you've got your your starting eleven now, you saw against Tottenham. And as RJ said, it's the manner of how we got that victory. There was battles being won all over the pitch. Like, take the goals away. Let's take the goals away. The battles was being won. The fight was being put in. And that's all we've asked for for many years. Can you fight from the minute go to 90 minutes? As long as you're doing that, we as fans can look at you and say, you put your 100% effort out there today. And that's what you want when you when you're paying for the Arsenal shirt. Now I know a lot of fans want to they want to run before they can walk. I get it. They're eager, eager beavers. I call them. Yeah, but <laughs> you've got to sometimes remain balanced and look at your situation. Look at the error now. The error now is Chelsea's spent on a big striker. Man City's always going to be efficient on the uh, Pep Guardiola. Man United's got lots of lots of great players. And even though they may play poor at times, their individual brilliance will get them over the line. Liverpool, they've got a crazy eleven. A eleven that you know is gonna constantly win points. Yes, I'm, by all means, if you're there or thereabouts and march by any miracle, then you can say, you know what? We've got this far, it's March. We're like two to three months away from finishing the season. Let's actually carry on. Let's keep pushing because you never know what can happen. Just like how you never expected Chelsea to go and get top four last year because Leicester should have actually got it. But teams can fall off. But for the era now, let's focus on getting the basics right. And the basics as of now, since the Norwich game, was winning points that we know we should be winning. The points that you know you should be winning, once you're getting those on the board... You're going in the right direction because that means you're finding some sort of consistency. Arsenal have not had consistency of picking up points against the likes. Even though we beat Brighton twice last year, other teams like Brighton, we was going to their ground or they were coming there, nicking a draw, and we wasn't getting the maximum points. So we couldn't meet our expectations. But once you're doing the basics and you're winning those three points, you're always getting closer and closer and closer to your expectation, your season goal. Now we've beaten Tottenham. Let's go, Brighton. Let's try going on a four-game winning streak. Once you've done that and you achieve that, then you can focus on the next game. And if you keep doing that and you keep getting the things right, that's how your dare and thereabouts come March. That's the way it works in my books. There's no point getting overcarried away because what's going to happen is you're going to just leave yourself open to criticism, leave yourself open to the humiliation of being on Twitter where people are captioning you saying, you said this, you said that. And once again, Arsenal has not achieved it. As I said, we've got the basics. This squad is good enough to go and get European League. For me, of all the teams that should be getting European League this season, should be Leicester, Arsenal, and the likes of Tottenham. Fifth, sixth, and seventh. That's our target. Anything else is a bonus. It's not a bad target. Let's not look at the past and say, we're this great Arsenal. We know we're great. But look at the era now and look at the context behind our team yeah. and where we where we are. 
and let's just take it one step at a time. Simple as that for me. Amen, Pastor Kesh. That's why I'd like to have you on here, bro. Um, let me come to my bro. So, sort of same question to you, bro. Like, where's you? Where have your head been at in terms of what you've seen amongst the? How can I put it? The the mood amongst the fan base in terms of from a maybe an overly positive aspect to an extremely negative one. I don't. I've seen very. I, I, me personally, I've seen very <coughs> few down the road with, with a little bit of aspects of both. Um, it seems to be. Arsenal almost can't win. We win the game, we should beat them. We lose, Arteta's got to go. There's no, there's no, there's no middle ground. So, what's your thoughts on, bro? Yeah, similar to Kesh, I think um, the objective was always get Europa League at the bare minimum. Top four is a bonus for me. Um, obviously, it'd be, it'd be amazing to get top four and get back into the Champions League, but we have to be realistic with how we expect this season to go. This is phase one of, of phase two. Your Europa League will determine whether we get back to where we need to be in terms of getting that James Madison signing, getting those, you know, Latoro Martinez is through the doors and yeah. those Alexander Isaac and the Dominic Alperluans because that's the next phase is getting that big name striker and that big name midfielder to be the future of this club. And the thing is, the reason... I don't look. I don't really care. If people want to go overboard if they want to be ultra negative. I don't really mind as long as you're backing why you're doing it. Yeah. And as long as you're using logic and context to why you're being this way. And for me, look, the first thing we are with fans. Fans have a lot of emotions. Like that is our job to be emotional. Like, it is. Like I don't care what anyone says. You know, we're emotionally invested within our club. Like, look at look at how Ronaldo celebrated yesterday against Villarreal. That's embarrassing. Your performance was shocking, but you took your top off. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna start to objectify absolutely everything and start finding everything offending, then let's go there. Why did Salah celebrate the way he did? That's embarrassing. Why did you celebrate by taking your top off in the other week against um was it Crystal Palace or something? If we're going to start to do that, then we go down a rabbit hole that we don't want to be going down. Yeah, it's yeah. good to... It's a 90-minute winner in a Champions League when you're against a Kosh. Like, of course, do it. Like, let the emotions out. Like, because we've been getting stick for so long for being Arsenal. We're this banter club. We're, we're going nowhere. We're getting relegated. Spurs are above you. Spurs are better than you. All of this, right? We get this. And then as soon as we beat them, they're irrelevant. They're shit. They're this. Why does the narrative change the minute we beat a team? Why is the energy not the same coming into it? Because we got it. Like we are, oh, look at who you signed 150 million down the drain, but that 150 million actually smashed you, not beat you, fucking destroyed your club in the North London derby. So let's keep the energy the same. And I think, look, we're fans, back your club, be excited, go over the top. I, can't, I don't care, go over the top because that's your job as a fan. You're not a football expert. You're not a coach. You're not Arteta where you now need to be rational and, and, bring the calmness down and go, look, guys, that's what the players need to do. The players need to keep it in their heads and keep level-headed. The fans go overboard. Like, that's our job, man. We're fans. Like, But so, why we're, yeah. why am I excited, I'll say? It's because what I've been screaming for for 18 months is what he's trying to do. We know he wants to attack in a 2-3-5. We know he wants to defend in a 4-4-2 block. We know he wants to do this, but he's never had his players to do it. Now we've seen his players come in, the system's flourishing. We're seeing the culture change that he's been speaking about. And I think it's because a lot of 
the so-called positive fans or the Arteta ins or however you want to define that sort of category. Yeah. We've been getting nastic for I've been getting nastic for 18 months because I've been saying let's just let's be real, like he is building something. It may not be in our image, it may not be what we want, but there is something cooking here. And I've said it, I've said that this window could become a masterclass that we never seen coming, or it could be the biggest flop that Arsenal have ever done. And I got laughed at saying that because I was like, what do you mean? How can this ever be a masterclass? I'm not saying it is yet. There's still two seasons to go until we realise that. But for me, it's like, let's be excited as a fan. So it's two things, you know, no, well said, well said. Two things like, um, even with, with in regards to signings, for example, and I said it, um, I said it when we, the ones, the one player we got linked with, I don't think no Arsenal fans saw coming. I, I definitely didn't see it coming, unless you guys know something in the know, but was the Ramsdale link? I was thinking, just thinking, what there? What is going on? But um, listen, Keshi's at the game on Sunday. They fucking they love this guy. They love him. Some of the songs are singing about him because so you made a good point earlier, and I said it before when um, I said to someone, look, Arsenal don't bring a lot of positivity to the fans, right? But one thing I did sort of give me a smile to my face was. Anybody that saw Aaron Ramsdale's interview on Arsenal.com when he signed for us, that that is what you want, man. He, I've never seen someone so happy. Like that, if if that can't bring, if as an Arsenal fan, irrespective of your age generation when you started supporting him, if that can't bring a smile to your face, then I don't know what will. And in terms of the negativity thing, right? I'll give you a small example. Arsenal did the fan cam thing, right? Um, Arteta, when Saka scored the third goal. Is that the bench cam thing that you mean? Yeah, the bench cam. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people were complaining. I'm thinking, and I was sitting there thinking to myself. If you What did Arteta do? I watched him, I forgot what you did. Yeah, now he was celebrating the goal. And they showed him and Saka's. And I thought to myself, if you can really find something to complain about that, then then you need to stop watching football. Because it was ridiculous. Like, why are you? And you know, I said this. I said this. I said this when I did the fan cam for um, Lee Judge's TV. Big up, same guy. Irrespective, of whatever you think of Mikel Arteta, and I said, and I said the key word souls, Kesh and Ryan, in isolation. When this, when the cameras were cutting to him at that stadium, he was. I've never seen a man. The man looked possessed, bro. He was pumped. And I thought, you know what, lad? I thought, you know what? I'll tell you, I'll give you that one, man. I'll t- 100% back and give you that one. Because he looked on it. So, if you can find negativity in that, Arsenal fans, listen, change the sport, man. Seriously. Like, seriously, man. But, um, yeah, guys, big up to you for talking about that, man. It's um, the fan base. Um, sometimes they're, they're a bit of a lawn to themselves, if I'm being truthful. But, um, yeah, next thing. What was I going to mention to you guys now? Now, I'm going to kick this off, and you guys might want to sort of tweet what you might want to ask the rest of the panel. Hidden question, people. Hashtag question time, hidden question. So my question to the panel, quite a straightforward one, actually, because we're talking about Arsenal and fortunes and games coming up. We've got um, we've got an interesting set of fixtures coming up. We've got Brighton away, obviously, on Saturday. We've got Palace on the 18th of October after the international break, I believe. Uh, we've got Villa on the 22nd of October at home. And we've got Leicester away. I think it's the 30th of October, if I've got that right. Points-wise, let me kick off with RJ. 
out of 12 points out of those fixtures, my bro, what do you think Arsenal are going to get? What will be a good return in your opinion? Well, winning all those games would be, but if we're going to be realistic, <laughs> um, maybe 10, if I'm totally honest with you. Wow. Maybe. That's high. That's, that's high. Well, like I said, they set the standard, so... Yeah, I know what you mean. I yeah, mean, 100%. why not? Do you know what I mean? They gave us some confidence, and we saw what we saw. So if they can kill off teams in the first half, make a statement. Just yeah. try it. But yeah, 10, 10 for me. Wow, that's a good yeah. shot. So you were you, you were saying that what the Brighton um, away win? Yes. Palace at home. I think that should be a win. Right, six points. Villa at home. I think that will probably be a draw. I think Villa are a very yeah. tricky side. And we'll beat Leicester away. That's your tenant. Yeah, I think so. They're quite they're quite a dodgy side, to be honest. A bit up and down, but yeah. yeah. I, People I, I... the prince of YouTube has spoken. Ten out of twelve. He's talked about standards. That's what I'm talking about. Big up to you, RJ, my brother. Gonna come to Kesh. Kesh is scratching his chin. He's, he's thinking away. I can see man looking pensive, thinking, right, no, that's a good question. Let me see what I can come up with. Kesh, so, yeah, same question to you, man. Um, like I said, uh, a tough, a, 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 a tough set of fixtures, but winnable. Um, there's how, many games, how many games was that? That's four games, four. maximum 12 points. So, Brighton away, um, Palace at home, Villa at home, Leicester away. So, before the Norwich game, yeah. I said, I said his next seven, he should be yeah. getting 13 points minimum. Mm. What I said. So I think out of all of that, he's got what, nine now? Yes. Four games left. What's that? 12. Yeah. That's, that's even way beyond the target. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So if he can go out there and get an actual, at least another, say, 10 points. Yeah. Be more than happy. I think the Palace game, I think, will be difficult. Yeah, yeah. You don't tend to do quite well, but I've got hope that we can go on and do something there. The Villa game, I think that's the one that can be the most difficult of all of them. You reckon? I think, yeah, I think that'll be the most difficult of all of them. I think Leicester, they can be got at. I don't think they're living up to their high standards that they've set yeah. over the last two years. And who knows, like, if we can go on and beat Brighton, more confidence installed into the team. As I said, they just have to take it step by step, in it, step by step, because we don't know what injuries or things we may pick up. Yeah. Touch wood. That mm. could change the whole narrative. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'm just going game by game. But I do think at least 10 points. Right. Mm-hmm. RJ and Kesha setting the standards. Let me come to my my bro, Solzy. What are you saying, man? What, what are you saying points return-wise, mate? It is hard to say. It's really hard to say because we're three on the bounce in the Premier League. Obviously, if you're taking the League Cup into consideration, then we're four on the bounce in terms of just wins. Um, obviously, players are fit, but we know what, what that can happen. Like, literally after the international break, they could all just be out. Like, we, 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 know, we know the fortunes of Arsenal in it, but... Given, given the circumstances that they are fit, I'd say I agree. I think 10 to 12 points. I am very confident that we can 
we can turn this narrative around. And I think, for me, it starts with Brighton because we've had a big win. If we beat Brighton, it breaks that pattern of, oh, yeah, we've had a big win. Can we go and beat the next opposition? For me, there is a loss coming. Don't get it twisted. We're not going invincible for the rest of the season. There is going to be a loss somewhere. Um because yeah. that, that seems to be forgotten when people are positive. Like, you see, everyone, mm-hmm. ah, you're going to go invincible now, aren't you? Like, no, oh, we're not saying that. Yeah, we yeah. know there's a loss coming. But the thing is, for me, like, winning breeds winning. And that, as you win, the momentum shifts you forward. And we could be going into that Villa game. Let's say we beat Brighton and Crystal Palace, and that's five games that we've won. We could be going into that Villa game. Yes, it's a tough game because we haven't been able to beat them last season. They beat us 3 0 and 1 0. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, you can say they we they they've strengthened or they've weakened because they don't have Greedish. That's an argument you can have, you know, however you want it. But they look good. Um, they're a very good attacking side. Obviously, Leon Bailey is like smashing it right now. So, but I think 10, 10 points is very achievable because Leicester we battered them last season, like at their place. It was three one, a very good performance. We pressed well. We we got at them, and they haven't really improved. We're still we're still yet to see what Samari is going to do for them, and what Paston Dak is going to do for them. Yeah. So they've not started well, but obviously anything can change. They've still got like three or four games until we played them. But um, yeah, I think I think ten out of twelve is very logical. Yeah. Oh, some are going to go. Have we, um, what, have we ever gone on a winning streak with it, Nicole? Right. Not or like this, no. Not we've gone three, yeah, we've done three, but not like a five, six, seven, like, not like that, no. No, no, not like that, yeah. For me, no, for me, for me if a team can, is able to string a seven-game win streak, yeah, that shows... Kiss, That's kiss, what we need to do. That's what needs to happen. That's what needs to... Yeah. Obviously, as Saul just said, you will always pick up a loss here and there, but if you can string a seven-game win streak, then there's no question that you can probably take a loss and then go on and do it again. That's the consistency that you want to breed into this team. No, nah, no, nah, well said. Um, myself, we, um, I think we'll pick. I think we'll pick up a couple of draws in there, actually. So I'm gonna go. I, I want to be proved wrong. Hence, the reason why I probably why I'm saying it a little bit. But um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say eight out of twelve. That's not a bad return. That's not, not a bad, bad return. return. I think there'd be a couple of draws in there. Um, Who do you reckon the draws will come against? I think, like... I think I've got a feeling about the Palace game. Mm-hmm. That, that, that hit me straight away. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes And sense. I actually think I actually think we'll get a point on Saturday. I think. We'll oh, so you reckon we'll win the rest of them? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think we'll beat Leicester. We'll beat, we'll beat Villa. I but do you know? Do you know? I think the atmosphere will be rocking because of Patty B being there. Like it's kind of like just a. An emotion. It's not a derby, but it's just one of those emotional derbies, and that we 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 just create for the sake of it. Yeah, listen, the Palace and, and Bright as a derby. I'm still trying to work that. I'm still trying to work that one out. There's a story. No, 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 I don't mean it's a derby. I don't mean it's a derby, but like you know, because yeah, yeah. Patrick Vieira is there, it's just like one of those, and it would just yeah. No, big up to you guys. It's tough. We've got some. There's some. There's some winnable games in there, but obviously, like mm-hmm. you guys say, and and, you, and I agree with you. You know, it, it you do have to kind of look at the bigger picture and think. You know what? They are winnable, but Arsenal can throw in some horror shit. Cool. Um, if he so gets yeah. all twelve out of twelve, I'm standing up and applauding it because that for me that that that's a what is that then like ten win no seven or eight wins in a row or something? Uh, yeah, about about roughly, I'd say yeah, definitely. So well, I'm gonna bring in um, RJ because I will see what you're gonna chuck at us, your beloved brothers, with a question. What are you gonna say, bro? 
Right. So there's been a few questions, but there's one that's been playing on my mind. And obviously, my boy, Kesh, uh, we have this Pepe um, judgment. <laughs> We've had our thoughts about Pepe in the past. Oh, you want to say something quick? He's gone now. Go on, keep, go on, keep talking. Right, cool. Go on, go on. So, um, now, look, we looked at the game on the weekend, mm. and it could be a two-part question. But, yeah. all right, cool, two-part question. Now, for me, number one, do you think we should have put Pepe on within the second half? And number two, how good does he have to do to be for him to stay on at this club within the summer? Because me personally, I think, for me, this is the last season in my book for him to really impress me. Because you know my thoughts on Pepe. There's too many inconsistencies with him. Um, There's times where I look at him in games, he just looks completely brain dead. And of course, we could look at Arteta and be like, well, you're the manager, you've got to help him out. Yeah. Or maybe move him to the left, etc., etc. But once you're out there on the pitch... It's down to you. The magic, the magic can only tell you so much. But I just want to get, I just want to gauge you guys' thoughts on that. Yeah. So say that, say that first, Souls, man. Go on, bro. Yeah. For me, I've always said this is his make or break season. Um, yeah, he had a good end to the season where he scored, I think, in three games, three or four games uh, in a row. But for me, I just think his footballing IQ doesn't match this team. He's like, it's like you, you, you've got the final piece of the puzzle and you've just got to open a new puzzle to try and fit that to make that gap. And it's like, he doesn't fit. He just doesn't fit. Um, he, he slows the game down for us. He needs three or four seconds on the ball before he makes a decision. He's just not, he's not decisive. He's not like, I'm just going to go for it. He has to think about everything. And for me, that's where he goes wrong. And for me, it's like, you're not going to take Saka's position. That, that right wing is Saka's. You're not taking that left wing. ESR is looking a lot better than what Pepe's done for me. And I've always said it, if Saka and ESR add goals to their game, it's night-night for Pepe. Like, he's gone, fam. You might as well pack your bags and go right now, like, if they add goals to their games. Like, there's no point waiting for a summer because you're not coming back into it. But for me, I do think he's needed this season off the bench impact. And in terms of, like, sort of your second question, should he have come on against... But I said he should because he this that, that game opened up for him. Like, if he had come on, yeah, we yeah. could have counted with him. The problem is, because he's he's such a... He has to face the goal. He's a runner. He's not really yeah. someone back to goal. He's no. not a back to goal attacker. And he, that's something we we need. And the problem is, right, I've always said there's three pairings that you go for if you're going to play... And you've got a bill from a striker. If you're going to play a Bamiang, and if you want that to be a striker, that's the team you play. ESR, Odegaard, Saka. If you're going to play Lacazette, then you go with Pepe and Martinelli and then ESR because... For me, the reason why you do that is you've got to look at the strengths of each of these. Lacazette suits when he's got two runners on the wings, where you've got Martinelli and Pepe just running in behind. Lacazette can hold up the ball and bring them into play. Whereas at the Bamiang needs needs technical security and technical leaders in the front line to be able to get the best out of him. He needs creative outlets and you need those two tens and, and obviously Saka being that isolated right winger. And that's what that's the pairings you go with. That's the how you get the best out of all your attackers. So in terms of like what does he need to do, I don't really know what he can do because unfortunately, like Saka's just bossing up the place, ESR's bossing it up, and their IQ and their like 
unless Arteta gets sacked and we bring a manager who can get the best out of Pepe, then it's a different story. But for me, the way that we're now moving forward is footballing IQ, people who, who are, have the intelligence and he doesn't fit that for me. I'm not saying he's stupid, but he's just not good, in my opinion. And he doesn't suit the Premier League. He needs to go into a league on. He needs to go into a place where the space is there for him. It's the same thing that Sancho's now struggling with right now. Is He's realising there's not enough space and he can't just keep looking for space, taking three men on. You need to be more intelligent there. Sometimes you've got to let the ball go, be a bit more quicker with your decisions. But for me, I don't really know. I think at the end of the summer, I would look to sell him right now. He's in, he'll come into his final two years of his contract. I don't see us renewing it. I think this is the perfect time because we'll have two years on his contract. We don't have to show desperation to sell him. We can just be like, yeah, you know, and if we get a £30 million bid, take it. No, I will say, um, yes, Kesha, let me bring, let me bring you in to, to RJ's questions. I don't, I don't know if, I think you caught it before you went. Yeah. Uh, I used to be one of the biggest fans when it first came here, yeah? but what I've seen from him is very lock, lock, lock. And the biggest thing that scares me the most about him is I don't believe his ceiling is high for the amount of fun he paid. Yeah. I don't believe we're ever going to get a player that. That's gonna be that we can rely on consistently. Go out there, score goals, and put in a performance. The thing with Pepe is he does tend. Yes, he. I see a lot of our fans comparing to Saka or have debates about him and Saka. And what they will tend to bring up is goals to assist ratios. But for me, a player who plays for say ninety minutes and does fuck all gets a goal does not deserve praise. You do not deserve praise in my eyes, you know what I mean? Like, I know, yes, nowadays with modern era of football is all about efficiency and getting goals, but your performance has got to match up as well. You've got to be showing me what you're doing on the ball, what how are you affecting the game, how are you bringing the best out of your teammates. And for me, he does neither of those things. He just gets goals, he pops up once in a while here and there. And I'm not criticising and saying he hasn't got ability, because he does have ability. But as you all said, like, his IQ is not quite there. And with the system that Mikel Arte is trying to implement, I don't think he quite gets it. Like, when you watch the likes of Saka play, Saka will mix it up. Sometimes he'll give a touchline, sometimes he'll come into the pocket of space, yeah. and he'll take it on our turn. And Pepe is a bit predictable. It's always coming in on the left, and you know what? It wouldn't be an issue if when he came on the left, he's beating a shot of like Robin. After time he comes in and he cuts in and goes on his left, it's a very poor shot. Very tame, not much conviction in it, doesn't hit the target. You know what I mean? So we can't just continually just, just waiting for him to pop up and have his outbreak. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen in my eyes. So I think with two years left on his contract, you bite the bullet and you said, you know what? You've got that wrong. And you try and get at least 35 to 40 million on him, you say, go on, we invest that 40 million and get someone who's going to be more effective, who's going to suit the system to a T and bring more to the old, to the team as a whole. No, what's it? No, good. Let me throw my little two pennies in. RJ, big up to the question. Souls, Kesh, great answers. Um, I think for me, I said this to, um, I had this conversation with RJ actually, when we were talking about the um, Arsenal Tottenham game. Um, I think if you're going to play Pepe and Saka in the same team, for example, 
And Arteta did it last season, so that's what baffles me a little bit when he doesn't when he plays them on opposite flanks with obviously Saka on the left and Pepe on the right. With the with I said to RJ with with Saka with the ESR goal, for example, on Sunday. With Saka on the right, even if you're even like I said, even if you're a one you're a left footed player, or whatever, or a right footed player playing on the opposite flank. I, I was always capable, I was more than capable of using my left foot. I was a right footed player it, because there's certain situations that require you to use your left foot yeah. or your right foot, being depending on what side of the foot. Saka's very good at doing that. That's what you say footballing the IQ, footballing intelligence, making the correct decisions at the right time. If Pepe was on the right in that situation, that goal wouldn't have happened. No it way. wouldn't have happened. He would have chopped back one, chopped back yeah. right, and the space would have been taken up. Yeah, and Kesh, I'll tell you a point. You like you make you make a good point in saying that you're not talking in the way or any of us about Pepe in the way that he doesn't have ability because he does, and he has slightly improved, maybe not enough or not rapidly enough for some of the Arsenal fan base, or maybe even Arteta, to be honest with you. Um, and you know what, like RJ mentioned about setting the standard. We knew Saka. Listen, I've banged on about it for I'm not gonna swear for, for ages. Someone asked, he said, what? Where do you see Saka playing? I said, I think Saka's better on the right of a three. I said, if you look at his highlights rule, goals he scored, assists, it's, it's no it's no coincidence they come from on the right. He, he's got that, you he say he's got that football intelligence and IQ. He does, he makes the right call at the right time. And Kesh made a good point. On Sunday when I watched him play, he's very disciplined. Him and ESR, but very, very disciplined, whether it be hugging the touchline, knowing when to come inside, knowing when to add an extra body into the box. He's very good at doing that. And unfortunately, with Nicolas Pepe, I don't think he does it enough. And that's my issue. Um, but big up to RJ for the question. So I'm going to come to you, my friend. What do you want to fire at, uh, fire at the brothers in terms of your hidden question, bro? Yeah, and I think I think this comes off the back of, obviously, we've seen an article kind of going around about Gwendozi kind of being a problem again in terms of just his attitude. Obviously, from what we've seen... And this isn't me throwing shade at him or, you know, my agenda's of it, no. But it's just a question of, I think sometimes as fans, we forget how important it is to have a good attitude, have a good mentality. Um, but then obviously when it comes to arrogance, that's yeah. that's what he's showing, but too early. Like he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily demand that sort of respect in the way he needs to earn it. Do we now think, like, I'm not saying did Arta to get it right, but the, what, what I'm guessing what I'm asking is, from what we've now seen with these, like, because some people criticise them, oh, look at them, the little, like, bum chums, you know, they're going to, they're licking Arteta's ass, and, you know, this, that, the other, he can't manage difficult personalities. Yeah. Do we now, after seeing these signings and what they're bringing, I know it's early to say, and I know we've lost three, but despite the results, forget results, even the wins, just from what you've heard from them in terms of their press conferences, what you see of them in terms of training footages, and what you're seeing off the bench and everything like that as well, do you think that the approach that Arsenal are taking in terms of building this mental culture is good? And have we seen this for 17 years? Or do you think finally after about, you know, from the Wenger era, from the Emery era, is this now changing? Um, I'm going to get Kesh to kick off that question. Good question, Solzman. Great question. Um, I think... I think actively trying to change it. You got Emmy. Uh, yeah, 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 just a little bit more, mate. If you can, I think, 
I think he's actively trying to change it. I think it's too soon to say it's completely changed. I think over the next, say, 9 to 12 months, we'll know for sure whether it's, whether it's changed or not. I feel, looking at the Guendouzi thing, I think he's trying to get a lot of that kind of negative attitude, that kind of rub off, that blame game. I'm not saying Guendouzi is not a good player. I hear what a lot of fans say, saying, oh, you could do a better job than Elneny. And I get it. But for me, what I've seen from that Master Eve game, he tends to play the blame game quite a lot. Like the player that he was um, digging out played poor, but when Doozy himself played poor as well. And I think that's the attitude that Mika Arte don't want. Fair enough, if you're performing at your skin and your teammates are letting you down, then by all means, you dig him out. But at mm-hmm. times, when it's, when it's you as a whole, as a team, you need to look at yourself first rather than your teammates. And that mentality, looking at the profile of players, and obviously I, I can't tell the ins and outs, but from what I've seen from what Tamiyasu and guys like that are saying in their interview, they're all here to help the team. They're here for the team. They want to play for the badge. And they want to do it as a collective. There was too, far too many individuals over the last three to four seasons when it, the time got tough and they had to dig in, they went missing. They started getting into little cults, whether it's Ozil, Mustafi, and little things like that. Too many segregation. And that's why we never had no stability. And for me, I like what the squad's turning into right now. I'm not saying we've got well beaters or anything, but what I've seen is players that want to play for themselves. And when the time gets tough, they're not just going to go running and hiding. No, well said. Now, go for it. I'll, I'll, I'll answer that and I'll come to RJ. I'm going to answer it in a bit of a different way, but I, I think it does answer your question, um, Souls. Um, in terms of, for me, in terms of, it does touch on the culture a little bit, but I, I mentioned yesterday on, um, or a couple of days ago on Hybrid Squad, I mentioned it actually last season, to be honest, that with Arsenal, I find it very, very, very difficult to like this team. Very difficult. I didn't enjoy watching the games. Um, as I mentioned a few days ago, like I grew up, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an 80s kid, as I like to say, 21 plus VAT and all that. But <laughs> I, I, I grew up with the likes of Casey and, and Wrighty and Kevin Richardson and, and Merson and loved these guys. Loved them. Um, and the best way I can sort of describe it is there's none of these current crop. Maybe... It probably ignore this season because that's unfair. But it, over recent years, where you, you're not going to catch me buying an Arsenal shirt that was their name the back of my shirt, you're having a bloody laugh. But we have hope, souls now because I look at a Ramsdale who embodies that the fan what, wanting him to do well, and I can see why they would like him. I can see why they would get behind Gabriel. I see why they get behind the likes of Tierney. Sambi Lukonga is going to fall into that already, even at this early, early stage. So we have a bit more hope now that, you know, I understand part of the culture. They got rid of the clicks, which was a huge problem at Arsenal. I mean, we've everyone's seen the tweet from Mesut Ozil. He wasn't, or the one previously, shall I say, but you don't want to tweet recently when we beat, you know, that, that's, that, to me, that highlights for me mm. why he should have been, why he should have been gone. Yeah. You can't have bad apples in your dressing room. And he wasn't the only one. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, just, don't just fall on Gwinduzi's shoulders and the attitude. So, yeah, so as Marcel answers your question, just, yeah, we've got hope in terms of the, some of the boys that are at this club now that you can, you can get excited about and get behind them. And that's what's changed for me, brother. So, um, RJ, come in with some um, answer Souls' question, my friend. Thing is, yeah, look at that Gwendozy. Now, I did have hope for him uh, when he first came in. Mm. I thought, okay, this kid looks pretty bright, uh, pretty intelligent on the ball, certain things. I liked what I saw. But what I didn't like, and I think a lot of people kind of threw this context into me because I was just more annoyed with what was in the midfield. Mm. And I looked at him, I thought, yeah, you know what? Like him, Torreira, you know, it could be good. But the attitude, and this is where a lot of people, um, you know, people, some people don't even make it into football because yeah. it's their attitude. They might yeah. have all the talent in the world, this, that, and the third, but their attitude has to be there. It's no, it's, it's not a coincidence. Every single club he's been at, the managers have complained about his attitude. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even this comment here, he's such a drama yeah. queen. But this is what I'm saying. It's like, it took me a while to realise this, like, because, again, I was lost in the emotion, Ange Yakar and El Nene, and it's just like, we need mm. someone. I always thought if if uh, he'd come hit back, party could probably slap some sense into him or something. Do you know what I mean? I felt like he <laughs> yeah, needed yeah, like yeah. a proper someone to lean on. But to be yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm there, like, where the point was, nah, do you know what? Don't even bother. Because you also, the key point is the fact that he was the under 21's French captain. And mm. you're out here not even trying to help people, but you're just just basically disrespecting them. It's like, come on. Yeah. You have these leadership qualities, Dr. Evil Fingers, but you're not really applying that. And what are yeah. like you, I'm gonna echo what you said, Albert, about the team. They're leaning off each other, they're helping each other. I can't, I don't know if Gwendizi would be doing that. If you still be with the squad right now, so for me, yeah, good riddance the bad rubbish, man. I'm sorry, no, big up to you guys, man. But yeah, before we get the score predictions, because we're going to come to end to the show, guys, going to get these guys' score predictions. But yeah, with the Gwendozy thing, I'll be honest with you, um, and I've said it quite a few times to be honest with you, you guys might disagree, but I was never convinced, never. I mean, I think what what I think the game that sort of kind of Arsenal fans were like, raw, like where's this come from? When we play, the two will draw at the Emirates, Emery's second season, when he ran around like a madman for about 15, 20 minutes, which we all do when we when we're young. We, we we all do when we're young kids in the in the playground or play football. Our mates, we we think we can you know do do it on our own and take the ball and take on twenty man, and he did that. And but boys, I've never been convinced. I was never convinced of him. And RJ mentioned with the attitude thing, I, I was done with him a long time ago, to be honest with you. People were trying to put up highlight reels of him when he's in Germany. I'm like, is this what you're really showing me? <laughs> like, it's not, it, that. that's not, it, that's not the kind of highlight rule I'd expect to see to say to me, you know what? He should be in the team. No. So like Ryan said, I, I've, I won't lose sleep over him, but um, that's just me. But people, smash the like button like RJ said and follow my Steam Gooners on their channels. But before we get the score predictions, guys, you should know what to do by now.
And there you have it once again, people. So, guys, score prediction. People, get your virtual hugs and waves. Goodbyes. So, I was going to come to you, man. Um, oh, yeah, Kesh, of course. Kesh, for your question. Sorry, man. Uh, mine's not even related to Arsenal, to be honest. Mine Good. is more <laughs> on the path of where football's going. Like, yeah. Do you not feel that it's losing its aura? Like, that feeling of magic. Mm. Whether it's to do with football going in a system route or it's just to do with the way clubs are run these days, I feel like the the money that's coming to football is kind of, I don't know, taking something away from it. Because right, what you've got now is the likes of Barca, who's just over the last few years just overspent like crazy. Stupid, and now put themselves yeah. in the crazy position now where you think how did they even get back you got lots of Madrid is looking out of sorts like Juventus looking out of sorts Italian clubs like, yeah. many top teams are you know and then when you look at how dominant the Premier League is now because of the financial power the other leagues are getting left behind and you just think how are how is it going to work in the Champions League like you know what I mean like it's it's a bit weird I don't know no, before I, I'm gonna get so before you do that, Dobbs, Dobbski, I, I'm gonna, I, 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 I apologize profusely to Kesh, Pastor Kesh, not getting any question, but big up to you, Dobbski, for that in the chat. Yeah, um, Souls, yeah, Souls, kick off, ask that question. Kesh is a great question. It's a great question. It's a question that's been circulated around for quite a few years. To be honest with you, people, they, they always love football. Of course, they will, but. Yeah, yeah cool. I'll, let, um, I'll let Souls come in with what he wants to say about that, man. Yeah, like, I was discussing this with, obviously, Jess, obviously, on, like, on an Arsenal panel, and um, we were speaking about, is it because we're not in it, or is it just generally become like this? Obviously, I follow a lot of European football. I try and watch what I can, but obviously, La Liga is mainly this my go-to league if I'm not watching anything else. Mm -hmm. And I, I was talking it from, like, a Barca's perspective. I'm like, firstly, you've got to look at how much of a commercial revenue loss that these clubs have made. If you look at Arsenal, it was reportedly about 420 to 490 million pounds through the pandemic that they've lost in terms of revenue. When you look at Man United, it was nearly half a billion or just upwards of half a billion pounds that they lost. So when you're looking at two of the biggest clubs in England in terms of global revenues, in terms of global fan bases, there's a lot of money being lost. Like, And that comes from different perspectives. Like, people obviously losing jobs and um, mm. no longer being able to buy uh, shirts. I know I know, no one's allowed to go to the stadium, so we can even look at how, how can the club still somewhat make money um, outside of like ticket sales and like on match day, like it's through yeah. like sort of shirt sales, merchandise, mm. um, like sort of advertisement, everything like that. But they're no longer making that money. So obviously they've taken a big hit, you know, like Barcelona's Real Madrid's, Juventus's. They don't have owners. They have presidents who have to then bring in their own financial investment and then they can be elected and obviously they you know for example in Barcelona they, they lost out on a 300 million euro uh, naming rights deal they've lost out and obviously the commercial revenue being bought in in terms of tourism match day tickets etc so they're no longer making that so I think on a on a financial scale those teams have now just been evened out in terms of just financially they're no longer allowed to spend the money they can actually spend but I think it comes down to accessibility as well. I think football's become too expensive for the normal person. It used to be a game for the working class, but now it's become the it's become a game not for the rich. I wouldn't say it's still it's still 
accessible but not so accessible like if you think about match day tickets for example it's costing people oh, upwards of like 50 60. ridiculous yeah it's like costing people 60 quid a game and if you're looking at season tickets that's like nearly thousand ish pounds yeah. you know per season and that's just Premier League home games. That's not, you know, talking cup games and, yeah, you know, course. you know all the other games that you can go to. That's not including away. Day. And then that's not even including travel. Like, don't forget, you have to travel to these games. Not everyone has the luxury of living like 10 minutes away from the ground or 20, 30 minute walk away from the ground where you're like, all right, I can walk in. Some people have to take a train or a metro yeah. or drive in, etc. This, you know, and I think it's become to it and like, even if you watch it on tv like i'll talk about my own package like it costs me nearly like, i think for sky sports and bt sports and that only gets you some of the games it's costing me nearly 50 ish quid 60 ish quid yeah, a yeah. month that's yeah. that's not easy Same for way. people like i yeah. i know i know i know it's not oh, by 60 a month come on now you can afford no no like be no, real no, like no, no, for no, some no, people no. like forget no. that like some people can't even afford broadband like forget about non-essential stuff like you don't even actually like watching football okay cool do it if you can don't do it if you can't but and i think that's the problem and i think that's why it's lost that aura because when you think about what man city did when they when the shakes first took over their their whole mantra was we're gonna make it accessible their season tickets were like 200 300 quid yeah we can take the piss they don't have any fans that's fine like, whatever but their season tickets were 300 400 pounds i actually checked it because i couldn't believe it i was like what you're telling me for a whole season it's costing me 400 quid to go watch man city why not you know, and it's still the case. It's still like 500, maybe 600 quid, you know, and then obviously you've got all your diamond like lounges and all of that, oh, but that's up to you if you yeah. want to, if you want to splash out. And they cost a flipping packet. Yeah. But, um, and I think that's the problem. It's just so, it's just not accessible anymore for the, for the, because if you think about it, then if you've got two kids, that's even yeah. more fucking annoying because, you know, what the funny thing is kids, kids cost the same as adult ones now. It's like 50 quid or something. I'm like, yeah. what? That's they why. Had, I feel, so you make a good point. That's why I feel sorry for uh, parents, man. Because boy, you got if you got two or three children, it's not just you're getting the kit. You're getting the name on the back. You're getting a number. Oh. You're getting a Premier League badge. It costs an arm and a leg. And sorry, yeah, that, that, that's one hundred and ten quid. Like if you do a name, I think to print a name it's like fifteen twenty quid. Then they charge you like five quid for the badge. Then imagine, <laughs> imagine doing that three times. All right, and let's say you get one. And the numbers. Yeah, yeah, and then like yeah, exactly. Say you do one each, that's like nearly three, four hundred quid that I like, you know, a parent has to spend. And I think that's that's kind of what my like major issue is. If if let's say they made, you know, Sky, like let's say there was one channel or let's say two, let, let's call it two channels, because at the moment that's yeah. what it is. But but yeah. the, the, the combined, yeah, basically, I don't have any kids, so I'm all right. But you know, like but the combined cost, let's say it was like 30 quid, then you're like, okay, yeah. you know what, doable 30 pound a month to watch it on TV, cool. But that's not the case, and people so, can't afford it. So, so, you make a good point because even touching on Gary's um, point there about taking sports away from the fans in the stands. But even perfect example, right? Arsenal's Carabao Cup game. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. How can we be in the twenty-first century? So, this is a great question. I mean, um, Kesh, it's a great question. How can we be in the twenty-first century if you you can't go to the game, for example, you can't afford it? Shall I say? Mm. Oh, let me see, let me go and watch it or, or stream it. You know, you know, not, I'm not advising that, but people do it. But anyway, if it's on you, TV, why the fuck not? Yeah, you cannot find anywhere. Mm. What is Did you see world? how they joked about it? They go, oh yes, we're gonna show the Leeds game. I'm like, you, nah, fam, you're taking the fuck. You. Yeah, yeah. It's, sorry, you're sorry, so You're right, but it, it, it's accessibility thing. It, it's it, it's it's 
the best way I can also ask your question, Kesh, this is a really good question, man. It could, it's something you could actually probably do even a whole debate about, to be honest. Um, is Solz has made a good point. Like it's, it's expensive to go fo- to come and watch football, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, if you can't even watch your team on television, because even with a Sky Sports or, or BT Sports package, you still can't watch all the games. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to think of Amazon. It's, mm. it's, it's crazy. Even, even um, Kesh, is a great question because even you could even spread it amongst a number of different sports. We Listen, we, we know um, Souls, you know, be, um, Tanner, Bearded Guna. He said he cannot believe that in, like, in England some of the prices you have to pay and what you don't actually get. He, said he, yeah. could, he couldn't believe it. And the thing is, it's the way they force things in that you don't want as well. It's <laughs> bad. Yeah. It's crazy, honestly. even bro, even the tennis, right? If it wasn't for my if it wasn't for Emma Raducanu getting to the final, mm. terrestrial television wouldn't have shown that. It's true, They're not even showing finals, man. Like, you can't even before you could you could you soldiers cash, right? You, you could you could have Sky Sports package, you could watch the French Open, Australian Open, Wimbledon, whatever, because we're, we're, we're Wimbledon be on terrestrial television anyway. But now you have to pay more to watch a tournament. Yeah, it's madness, bro. Like it's it's only gonna get worse. I'm scared. Really, you know, you know that's, that's actually true. What you said, because I remember like my early days in secondary school, Wimbledon and all that will be on B- BBC yeah. and all that. Like yeah. you know, what I mean, catch it. Yeah, it's it's madness. It is. It's mad. But no, so, Kesh is a brilliant. But also, question. Champions League was exclusively ITV and BBC, well, which was like obviously preview. Was fun. Yeah. That's when Champions League was fun. Listen, mm-hmm. whatever happens with the next future, whatever next World Cups in the next 20, 30 years, listen, don't listen. I, I'm it's I'm it's it's I even and I'm not even taking a piss when I say it. Watch out, just watch out, just watch out. That's what I'm gonna say. Arjun, let me come to you with questions. Brilliant question, man. Is RJ there? Is he gone? I think he's gone, man. Oh, RJ's lost, we lost no, him, brother. Are you there? Oh, <laughs> no, this, this connection. Um, I'll make it short and sweet. My internet decides to just say this yeah, is a yeah, bad yeah, topic. We're cutting them off. Um, maybe someone's trying to shut me down. For me, I just think like over the years, money's just ruined a lot of things. Ownership has ruined a lot of things. I mean, mm. we know football. We could talk about various sports of course you guys basically touched on it but, but i'm going to talk about football because of what i mainly know i yeah, look yeah, at yeah. it's just it's not even our sport anymore that much you mm. know um even with the tv companies i mean remember remember in the pandemic last season they were like i think it was it was it burnley versus southampton on pay-per-view who in their right minds doing that yeah, other yeah, than their own yeah, fan base do you know what i mean it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Then you hear certain pundits, not going to name them, and I'm not <laughs> going to lie, I agreed with what they were saying within their rant, but you're working for that company that do the same thing. So it's a little bit backhanded, isn't it? But mm. like I said, I'll make this short and sweet. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, a lot of owners nowadays, all they care about is money and making money. Some don't spend money to make money, mm. and yeah, I feel yeah, yeah. you know, sure. even when you look at our club, we have the highest season ticket prices yeah. in Europe 
And um, and what do we see? Mm. Eighth place finishes, an FA Cup here and there, not even a title challenge, not even a top four. I mean, it. it I mean, I always say to this: the fans have have to really speak, but they don't allow themselves to keep going. It's it's not even so much. Oh, do we have the energy and? and all that it's just about you keeping up the fight you know mm. this is why yeah. i've always said this everyone talking about oh we need to get the owners out i'm like well stay consistent don't you know when we had the chelsea game everyone was talking protest they weren't no protest there was a few people there just yeah, you know where's the protest oh everyone was talking online i mean come on that was embarrassing do you know what i mean so that's all I really got to say about that. Until people wake up and get serious and try and take charge of what they love, then it's just going to be the same thing. People can say, we can't do nothing, but like public enemy said, fight the power, in it. That's what I've got to say. <laughs> well said, man. Guys, we're coming to the show. We're going to get your score predictions for Brighton. I'm going to start off with RJ, actually. What's your thoughts, my friend? Score prediction. Tough game. Very going to yeah. be a very tough game. Like mm. I said, I do believe we can carry the momentum into going in this game and winning it. I'm not going to say clear out score in terms of, oh, yeah, we'll blow him away. No, nah, I don't think it'll be that easy, but I feel it'll be tough. We know Mope, our best friend, of course, is going to try and make an example or, <laughs> you know, like he told on Rion. Um, Monday Night Football, you know, he's going to try and be a pain in our ass. So for me, I'm going 2 1. Good shout, good shout. Positivity. Kesh, my bro, Pastor Kesh. What are you saying, bro? I'm going 2 1. Well, 2 1 as well. 2 1. I do think we'll concede. I do think we will. Um, Souls, what are you saying, bro? 2 0. Two nil. They've got no Pesuma, no Webster, no Welbeck. <laughs> They've got um, no, no, just genuinely, they're all out injured. So um, I think I think when we when we really look at it, I'm not saying look, if all right. My my condition is Ramsdale starts, we keep a clean sheet. If Leno starts, we concede. That's what I'm going. For. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and I'm obviously, good. yeah, your <laughs> obviously too, your host <laughs> Albert JTV people. What am I saying? Um, I think like I said, I'll stick with what I said because obviously I mentioned about the points predictions earlier, but. Um, I think it will be a score draw. I know Souls has mentioned about the players being out. Um, it's probably not, it's, it's definitely not, it's, not, it's definitely not kidology. They're definitely, definitely out, I think. But, um, yeah, yeah. I was gonna stick with obviously, I want to be proved wrong, but I'm gonna stick. I think Arsenal might come away with a score draw. People in the chat, weekly surgery is now closed, not forever, just temporarily. <laughs> Smash the like button, people. Follow my esteemed guest. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram is going along the bottom of the screen. And also, I will highlight my esteemed panel. Make sure you go and follow them, subscribe to their channels. Kesh hasn't got a channel, but obviously go and watch him on every single live stream the guy turns up to. Because the guy's spitting facts. Along with Souls and Fresh Bread and the Prince of YouTube in, in RJ. So, um, yeah, guys, Soulsy, thank you for coming again, bro. Good to get you guys on. Where can the people find you? Yeah, uh, Guna Souls, or mainly I'm on um, Shino's Arsenal on Jess's channel, and on occasion I'm on the football terrace when I can. 
and then obviously weekly surgery as well. Yes, yes, you're you're, you're definitely a good patient, bro. Prince of YouTube, right, my bro, man. Keep keep striving, keep pushing, bro. Where can the people find you? Well, you guys can find me on Ryan Williams AFC. Road to two hundred subs. Quick plug. Yes, on. go on, bro. Go on, my bro. Plug it. Plug it, yeah. <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> at RJ Wills, and you can find me in A and E with my brothers here. <laughs> <laughs> Try to do some um, yeah, yeah, big up, big up us. <laughs> and Kesh, the Kesh, Pastor Kesh, the man who's moving big these days, coming up some big, big, big pictures on his Twitter, man. Royalty, Kesh, my um, bro, man, as always, man. Where can the guys find you, man? Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter. That is on the scroll, Kesh. That is K E S H on the scroll. Can I say? And yeah. you can also find me over on the football terrace. I've been a very busy lately, so I haven't really yeah. been getting on with the yeah. schedule and everything. But you'll soon find me over there defending the Arsenal as always. <laughs> That's it, man. You keep up you, you keep up the good work, bro. Don't let them bad dead try and take you down, man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. But big up to my bros, man. Um love doing this this format with you guys, man. It's um we, we, you know we're only two shows in, it's only gonna get bigger and better, man. Don't worry about that, people. So like I said, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, follow my Steam Gooners. I'll put this on my IGTV and also my Spotify and Anchor. So yeah, people, Albert JTV, your host at AUM57. Weekly surgery is now closed for today. Episode three is coming your way very soon, people. Weekly surgery is out.